The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is nice to be with you as we start another week of the Bruce Hooley Show here on 98.9 The Answer. And we will talk this week about school board elections, about a month out. Very important elections. I know every election is the most important election ever. Uh, School board elections this cycle are extremely important. And I found a great website, thanks to a uh, program on one of our sister stations, that will inform you, equip you, uh, I hope inspire you to get involved. Uh, This is not a fight where staying silent is a strategy unless you want to lose the fight for your kids. And I've got insight today into how uh, evil and nefarious uh, the effort is to steal your kids' innocence, steal your authority over them, It's national, you know that, you see it in New York, you see it in big cities, but it's very, very local, hyper-local, and uh, the people who are pushing it are being rewarded. They're being rewarded with good jobs, they're being rewarded with bigger jobs, they're being rewarded with big grants and uh, all kinds of accolades, and it doesn't mean that uh, this fight is unwinnable. It just means that you have to become active and become engaged, and yes, You do have to summon personal courage, and you may have to confront possible consequences. But there's strength in numbers, and uh, what I'm hoping to do today is to give you a clear picture of what the fight is locally and some clear strategies on how to battle against it and hopefully inspire each of you to support each other. We'll get into all of that, but we do have some news at the top of the program. Uh, I did not get stuck behind any uh, semi-tractor trailers today who are part of what they uh, are at least suggesting could be a nationwide uh, action to criticize President Joe Biden's vaccine mandates. Uh, Hashtag Patriot Shutdown spread online over the weekend via social media. Have you, I'd like to know if you have, 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989, been stuck behind a couple semi-trucks who block the interstate, one in each lane, going ponderously slow speeds? If so, I'm sure you're frosted by that. Just know that if you're a conservative, if you're against being told what substances you have to put in your body, that's what those people are protesting. So maybe you'll muster the patience for them since you're probably like-minded with them on the fact that they want to make their own decisions medically, and I would assume that you do too. supposed to begin this morning, 7 a.m., and last for at least eight hours. So I dodged it on my commute this morning. Uh, Maybe I will not dodge it on the way home. Uh, Ohio State Patrol said to be uh, on the lookout for it. And various local prosecutors are threatening that they'll stop the guys, get them out of the truck, 
cart him off to jail. I mean, they got to stop. You're not going to be able to stop them. Are you going to put your cop car in front of them and let them run over it? I don't know how committed you are to that or how committed they are to their protest. But that's a thing you might get impeded by that today. But just know that the cause is noble, uh, even if the timing is not ideal. Oh, I don't know how we're going to survive this, Ohioans. I just don't know how we're going to survive this. Starting this week, the state of California has included us on a list of locations to which it is banning state-funded travel. So if you are an employee of the California Attorney General's office and you need to fly to Ohio for business, you can't do it. At least you can't do it on the California taxpayer's dime. Why is this? Well... It's not because we don't have a mask mandate, although that would probably give them reason to do it if uh, they got around to that. But it's not the most objectionable thing we do here in Ohio. Uh, Objectionable, by that I mean to the people of the state of California. No, they are mad because of a um, stipulation that we have in our state which allows medical providers to uh, make decisions about who they provide care for. In other words, if you are a doctor in the state of Ohio, you are a pro-life doctor, and you do not want to perform an abortion, the state of Ohio will not force you to perform that abortion. And this is highly objectionable to the people of California. Of course, they couch it in the exception where they say it is discriminatory toward LGBTQ patients. They claim, which is not true, but they'll claim it, that theoretically an Ohio doctor could refuse to care for an LGBTQ patient. Now, I don't think this happens. And let me just say this. Because it's a, it would be a conflict to me with the Hippocratic Oath where you're going to care for people. I can't imagine a doctor refusing to care for a person of a different sexual orientation. But let's say that it happens. Let's just give the Californians their little moment of acknowledgement. Is it such that the predicament, such that that LGBTQ person could find no other doctor in a reasonable close proximity to the doctor who theoretically declined to care for them? Of course not. Okay? So there are people of all walks of life, of all political persuasions, of all faith persuasions, of all social persuasions. And it's not a guess. It is a certainty that if you find a medical provider who does not want to perform whatever procedure or treatment you request as an LGBTQ person, you'll be able to find one who will. may have to get on your phone, call around, or Google, or ask your friends, but you will be able to. But this is why uh, California has issued a prohibition against doing business with the state of Ohio. Here's their Attorney General Rob Bonta. Blocking access to life-saving care is wrong, period. Notice how he makes an assumption there that's never going to apply. Can you imagine a doctor happening upon someone? They're dying. Sorry, I'm going to treat you. You're gay. 
First of all, how would a doctor know that? Second of all, a doctor would not want to save a dying person. Of course they would. Stupid. But back to the California release. Blocking access to life-saving care is wrong, period. Whether it's denying a prescription for medication that prevents the spread of HIV, refusing to provide gender-affirming care, or undermining a woman's right to choose. I know, feels like we're an outlier here, right? Wow, California really taking a dim view of us close-minded Ohioans. Well, it's not as lonely in existence as you might think. How many states do you think California has banned travel to? We are the 18th. See, when you live a super woke existence like California, and you are increasingly intolerant in the name of tolerance, what you do eventually is sequester yourself where you exist only in your own echo chamber. Uh, That is how it is with the left. This is an interesting phenomenon. I've noticed this in interactions with friends and in many cases now, former friends. I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine just the other day. Someone who I sent a text message to ignored my text message, a former colleague. And so I reached out to a mutual friend for whom this guy who's now ignoring my text works. And I said, hey, why is this guy ignoring my text? What's up? Does he talk to you about this? And my friend said, no, I didn't know. that. Why would he be ignoring your text? You guys are buddies. I said, no, we're not buddies anymore, probably because of my political beliefs and my insistence on incorporating my faith into what I determined to be my position on social issues. See, I don't have a biblical prism for Sunday morning, and a, and, and that prism goes like, into the center of my Bible and I close it when I get home at noon, never to access it again throughout the week. I said, I'm sure that it's my faith and the way that I view all of life's issues through the prism of my faith that has offended this person. And he said, well, uh, don't you want to get to the bottom of this? Like, don't you want to check it? Ask him why? I said, no, I don't want to ask him why, because I know why. And I said, what I find is that he's like the third or fourth person from my former life in sports journalism, who has shut me out. And the reason that they shut you out is because they know in their heart they can't make a point for the viewpoint they've adopted. They don't know with the certainty that I know why I stand the way I stand on life issues, on moral issues, on things like immigration, which we're going to talk about immigration today. But I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it. I know what the foundation is under it, and I'm perfectly comfortable articulating my position. I'm ready for any insinuation, any accusation. Oh, you're hateful. I'm more than willing to tackle that. And I'm certainly hopeful that I equip you for being able to tackle that. Because if we want people to adopt the faith that we have, the beliefs that we have, whether they're spiritual or political, we have to be able to articulate and defend our positions and explain them thoroughly. But the people on the left, the people who have ceased to be friends with me, they don't want to have that conversation. So they don't return texts. They don't return calls. They don't come on the radio show to explain their position. They just retreat into their bunker 
like the people from California. Downtown Columbus not getting any safer. Uh, not just downtown either. Uh, we had a shootout in uh, downtown Columbus in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Uh, traffic dispute, road rage incident, 12 shots fired. Nobody hit. That's lucky. Uh, but another vehicle was hit. And we had two more murders over the weekend. So uh, we are definitely going to set a new record for murders in Columbus. And it's... Uh, Something I talk about because I don't want you to venture into areas thinking, oh, this is a nice area. There are areas of town that I go into from time to time that I haven't been in in a while. And I'm like, wow, a lot has changed. Well, that's evident when it's something visual. It's not as evident when it is something like the crime rate. Campus area is getting progressively more dangerous. Not around Ohio Stadium for a night game like Saturday night, but the areas where kids live in houses or apartments, places like that. So uh, good decision-making, as in anything, the hour that you're there, uh, don't go alone, things of that nature. Now, the border is an epic disaster, and I thought a lot about how I feel and how I would articulate my feelings on the admission by... Homeland Security Chief, <laughs> which you talk about a bad name for a guy given the policies that he's allowing, Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security. Like, he he has nothing to do. He's the compromiser of Homeland Security by allowing people into the country who he doesn't know their background in terms of are they prone to terrorism? Do they hate America? Do they love America? Are they happy to be here? He also doesn't know, because they don't test them, whether they have COVID or not. Now, that really doesn't make that much difference to me, but I certainly think for the right to come and live in America, you ought to have to take a COVID test. If you're going to make people who have the money to pay for a commercial airline ticket to fly into the United States from Europe, and you're going to require them to have a vaccine or be COVID negative, then if you want to come here from South America, whether you originated in Haiti or where, yes, you should have to take a COVID test. You shouldn't have one standard for people who fly in and another standard for people who walk in illegally. But what is a position that you can articulate on immigration that is not deemed intolerant and hateful? Well, it'll always be, you should know, deemed intolerant and hateful. Because that is the go-to accusation from the left on everything, right? Everything is, like with critical race theory, everything is racist. Everything is homophobic. Everything is misogynistic. Everything is Islamophobic. So just know that. But if you want to brush through that veneer and articulate a cogent position on immigration, here it is. Imagine our country as a big club, right? Like a big country club or a social club. Let's say you want to belong to the Fraternal Order of the Elks, or you want to belong to the Rotary, or you want to belong to the Lions Club, or you want to belong to 
Scioto Country Club. <laughs> if only. At any rate, every club has rules for membership, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have a club. Well, we in the United States of America had, when we were founded, rules for membership. The rules were not, you have to be white. That is what the critical race theory people want you to believe. But that was not the rule. It has never been the rule. We have always been a country of immigrants open to legal immigration. What are our rules? Our rules are set forth in our founding documents. And a good place to start is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So if you're down with that, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and all the tentacles that feed into those three concepts, then we can have a conversation about welcoming you into our country as immigrants. Life, inherent in life and liberty, is that you have an appreciation for independence. You don't want people telling you what to do. You want to have the agency to succeed for yourself, to work hard. You believe in the concept of meritocracy. See, there's a difference between citizens who buy into the founding documents of America. They believe in equality of opportunity. I believe in that. I do not believe in equality of outcome. I do not believe that if somebody works hard and somebody doesn't work as hard or doesn't work at all, that the two of them should end up with the same result. Now, the critical race theorists, they would have you believe that if somebody ends up with a disparate outcome, that the system had to be gamed against them and cause that. No, that's not true. That's not what we believe in our club. If you want to belong to another club, the Russian club, the Chinese club, any other club, have at it. But here's the difference between America, the club of America, and the club of other countries. The Ibram Kendis, the Robin D'Angelo's, the Al Sharpton's would not even begin to think about moving to Leningrad and going public with how awful, terrible, horrible, bad, and unfair the system is there trying to change said system. No, because they would wind up in a gulag, never to be heard from again. But when you immigrate to America, because we believe in freedom and liberty, we allow you, through another important concept that we have called free speech, we allow you to say those stupid, crazy things. And then when enough people start to say those stupid, crazy things, and enough of us who don't believe in those stupid, crazy things decide to stay silent because we're afraid they'll think we're bad people for standing up for liberty, freedom, pursuit of happiness, then they start to sound like their ideas are more widespread than they really are. And then we start to give away free things to people who've just come walking into our country because the people who are giving them free things do it in exchange for their vote. So all of a sudden, the things that we held dear, that we're founded on, 
don't matter anymore because we stayed silent about them too long.